Hi there, my name's Adam Parr. I'm the podcast host, the Parr City Podcast. In this podcast, you'll be listening to me connect with people from different walks of life, from the military to people in the music industry to people in the self-help industry and many other areas of life. In this podcast, I'll be talking about topics from self-help, mental health, motivation, spirituality, mindset, society, current affairs, and much, much more. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, share, and let me know your feedback. My main intention on this podcast is to have a positive impact. For you, the the listener, to take something positive from it, to apply something positive into your life from this. Now, with without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. Hi, and welcome to Sparty's Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Bonnie Hewitt. In this podcast, we talk about Bonnie's experience on David Meltzer's two-minute drill, Bonnie's story, and how she got into making handmade, upcycled, vintage clothing, and much more. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Tuning in, trying to find out how to win. Go along and tell a friend. Marathon, you know the game. Keep on running, never end. Getting better, make a man. Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it. Parsivity, 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 Tune in. Right, Bonnie. It's uh, it's great to have you on the podcast today. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing great. How are you? No, no, you're welcome. It's um really good to have you on the podcast. And yeah, I'm I'm good. Cheers. I'm just you know really grateful to have you on. And um, I just kind of thought I'd introduce you to kind of talk about kind of like what you do, your kind of story, because you've been on like David Meltzer's Two Minute Drill, and you know you make lots of like clothing and accessories and masks and lots of nice things and you, you could like kind of been building that like kind of how did you kind of get into that and kind of like what's your kind of like you know story and how you kind of got onto um you know tv and, and into like you know this field um where do where do i start um so um 11 years ago i got really sick with something called Guillain-Barre syndrome and it uh left me paralyzed and i had to go through rehab it was like having a stroke um And I kind of went through that whole healing process and then uh, had my third child um, about a year and a half later, two years later. And um, from there, I was trying, after after I got really sick, I lost my job to start there. Uh, I couldn't do my job anymore. I had a lot of cognitive impairments, my my memory, um, and just thinking I was very foggy. Um, was had a hard time learning anything new and kind of retaining information. Um, so it was like, ended up having my fourth or third child and was looking for ways to kind of make money and help supplement, you know, what my husband was doing and tried, I was doing reselling on eBay 
um, Poshmark and a couple of other different things. And then also kind of working on healing. Um, I have received a couple more diagnoses after my son was born. Um, RA, which is rheumatoid arthritis, rheumatoid disease, um, and fibromyalgia. So I was really looking for something that I could do from home within my capacity. Um, and, you know, with the pain that I was having, I was limited to what I could do, that and the fatigue and having a little one. Um, and in 2016, um, I was, I started well, I got pregnant with my fourth in early 2016 and really kind of wanted to dig in and find a way to make money because it was like we were having our fourth kid. My husband was the only one working. Um, and there was really no future for me at that point to go back to like my old job. I really didn't want to. I didn't get into accounting because I liked it. I got into it because I thought it would be easy for me to do and I was good at it. And it was a quick degree for me. Um, and uh, so I kind of started to go back to like my creative roots. Um, when I got sick, I kind of lost the use of my hands. I was dropping things. I couldn't really grip anymore. Um, and I used to draw and I used to do all kinds of artwork and different things. And I kind of stopped uh, once I tried to pick up a pencil again and tried to draw and realized that it really wasn't happening. I kind of quit for a really long time. And in 2016, I felt kind of drawn back to my creative roots and started working with um, a cutting machine, which is basically you put a creative design in, in a program and send it to the machine and it cuts as if like a printer would print, but cut shapes. Um, so I started making different things with vinyl that way. I was making, started out with stick, you know, vinyl decals like you see on people's car windows or you see on a mug. Um, and that was actually really challenging for me because I was back to trying to use my hands to manipulate small things, which my hands still weren't, weren't doing. Um, and I kind of drifted away from the adhesive vinyl and fell into, um, by, by request, it's called HTV, which is what you put on clothing, the different type of vinyl. And it's much more forgiving. You can move it around a lot before you have to press it. And I found that I liked working with this way more because I could be as creative as I wanted, but I wasn't really at the mercy of what my hands were able to do as much with this other stuff. And I started making graphic apparel. Um, I was working with small, a lot of small businesses and organizations making, um, you know, group um, apparel, t-shirts and whatnot. And I did that for, I've been doing that so since late, I think it was Christmas 2016, I made my first apparel piece and started trying to build a business from it, but I kept finding myself getting really burned out. Um, I couldn't figure out why. And it wasn't really until I tried to infuse some purpose into what I was doing in 2018 and then into 19 after kind of, let me back up. In 2017, I, I decided that um, I was going to quit all of my psych meds. So I have a mental health illness history that precedes my physical health history, which actually makes a lot of th sense when you think about it. And I had been taking meds for that for high school, for, since high school. And 2017, after finding out that my doctor, um, what, I'm not gonna say he was lying, but I was coming in and saying I had the same problem over and over again for like months and months and years and years. And one of the medications I had been on for like 15 years was the cause of all of that. And I was just like, I'm done. <laughs> like, 
I said, I just, I lost all faith and trust in him and decided I was going to quit them all and find something, a better way to manage all of my symptoms. And honestly, quitting the meds was probably the best thing I had ever done. Um, rolling into 2018, I started finding people like Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, Tony Robbins, and really started at like a mindset shift. I was doing EFT tapping. I met this wonderful friend who's, who was a client who became my, one of my best friends. Um, and that rolled into 2018. I met Evan Carmichael here in Pittsburgh um, in 2000, I'm sorry. 2018, I started a drug called Humira to try to, um, my, how do I say that? So the arthritis had moved to my spine and I went into my doctor literally bawling my eyes out because I had two mm. little kids to take care of when I wanted to watch them grow up. And I'm like, I don't want to be in a wheelchair. I don't want to be paralyzed again. And what can we do about this? And I started taking Humira in September of 2018 and it wrecked my life. It was probably the worst decision in hindsight that I have made medically, but it really propelled me into some of the best decisions that I've made. Because in 2019, I met Evan, I continued on my mindfulness journey. Um, about seven months after starting Humera in um, spring of 2019, I decided I was going to quit that too. I was done with that. <laughs> I learned um, that conventional meds just really don't agree with me. Anything I've taken for my RA, my the psych meds, everything had really bad um, side effects slash consequences with it for me. And I really, really started to dig in to um, healing myself naturally. So started, you know, researching supplements and mindfulness techniques. I was doing yoga. I was listening to um, podcasts and, you know, YouTube of, you know, um, meditations and uplifting messages and motivational, inspirational content. And in the middle of 2019, when I'm kind of healing from the Humera, I met David Meltzer. And uh, September 2019, I got to meet him in person here in Pittsburgh. And right around that time, he started to mentor me. And it was, it was a life-changing event because I remember talking to him about this campaign that I was trying to run called the Unbreakable Campaign. And... That was what I wanted to talk to him about was business and this campaign. And after talking to him for about 10 minutes, he basically said, you're not doing anything until you take care of your health, until you get your health in check. And I'm like, that was not the advice that I was looking for, right? Um, but it was true. It was what I needed to hear. And I feel like that's really when the healing really started to begin was in, you know, after that conversation with him, getting really real with myself, very self-aware of where I was and where I wanted to be. And it, that's, a, there's a lot I just said, and it covers a, a lot of years. Um, but I really feel like um, meeting him helped me change my life. I owe a lot to him. Um, and I've been mentoring with him ever since. So I, I know I skipped some stuff in between, but it's, <laughs> No, it's fine. Nice. I really, I really appreciate you know, kind of sharing your story and going, you know, going through that. And like you said, like there's a lot of different things that happened at different stages. Um, just kind of like recap. You mentioned like you know you you had this um, what's it called the the uh, the medical Guillain-Barre syndrome. It's a rare 
um, so it attacks the immune system, kind of like what rheumatoid arthritis does, and it, it, it right. affects people differently. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't really mental, so I was semi-unconscious. It was a very bizarre thing. I could hear and feel things, but I couldn't respond to anybody mm. for like 48 hours. It was very, very strange. Um, but I wasn't supposed to come home from the hospital. Like my, my prognosis was really bad. So to go from that to leaving the hospital three weeks later was a pretty mm. big feat in and of itself. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's incredible, you know, what you're doing and, you know, you, what, what you've been able to do. And like you said, you, you, you know, these, these obstacles have like come up in, in your life and, you know, you had like, you know, no job and then, you know, like you had a couple of, you know, kids as well. And then with all, you know, this medication you were taking, you kind of came to a stage where you realize, you know, this is it now, you know, this is enough. Like you kind of realize, you know, that was probably stemmed from a lot of, you know, the medication and, um, yeah. and then, and then you like, you know, you focus on your health and you, you know, you, you're putting, you've been putting in that work to, you know, to work on yourself and to, you know, make changes and, and to, you know, benefit you, you know, your, to, to make your life better. And, you know, by creating this, this brand and what you're doing and doing something that you enjoy, I think is, is really, you know, inspirational, you know, you're not letting, things get in the way of you doing do you know what I mean something and following what you want to do and um you know you've been able to turn that around and, and to be able to meet incredible people but like you know you've already had to put in that work to create those situations and you know to because opportunity you know there's lots of opportunities and people sometimes don't grab them you know you've you put in that work to make those steps to reach these people and I think, you know, it's great what you're doing and you've been able to change, you know, shift uh, and pivot in your life, you know, through learning, you know, and developing, you know, through all this happening, you know. I think it's interesting and, and I'm noticing, I've noticed a pattern myself and, and lots of other people that I've talked to. Trauma is a funny thing. Um, a lot of people and, and myself included, and I kind of breeze past this part, but I spent a good first five years after getting that trying to go back to my old life, right? Like I, I didn't want to, I was in like a, a delayed state of denial or something where I thought that if I could just find that one thing, everything would go back to normal. I feel like a lot of people were kind of doing that with the pandemic now. And it's like, nothing's ever going to be exactly the same. Like this thing that you've had this trauma this illness whatever it's changed you and you're never going to be that person again and you have to kind of leave that that old identity behind and think about like why did this happen and not in an over analyzing kind of drive yourself crazy way because I've done that too but more of like what, what's the lesson here what am I supposed to learn from this and I learned that I was doing a lot of shit sorry that that wasn't healthy like my body I, I kept telling people it, it shut me off like a surge protector almost it was like you can't go down the road this way anymore or you're not going to make it like your your life is going to be cut short and it literally just stopped me dead in my tracks and was like I was the kind of person where if it wasn't completely blatantly obvious like I wasn't seeing it and it was like my body kind of knew that and it was like we got to give her a really big wake up call because she's not listening to all the other signs like the stomach aches and this and that and headaches and migraines and losing weight I lost so much weight before I went in the hospital and I wasn't 
grasping that I wasn't, I was literally just coping my way through life. So much was going on up until that point, which is part of the reason I was taking so many psych meds. Um, and so I did, I spent a good five years probably and not until 2017 when I met my friend and I made that decision to quit my meds and I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And I don't advise anybody quit their meds the way I do. I really don't. And I think there's a place for them. So just want to give that disclaimer out there that quitting meds suddenly can cause a lot of problems. Um, I was super careful about how I did that. It wasn't like one day I just stopped. Um, but I made the decision to stop and then made the, the necessary changes. But you're right. It was like once I'd made the decision that I wanted to, I wanted to depend on myself to make my life better. The universe started throwing things out there, like my my now best friend and learning EFT tapping and then, you know, meeting. I drove to New uh to New Jersey to meet Gary Vaynerchuk in 2018. All of these were all these people that I've met were literally split second, like day before decisions. Um which I'm learning, I, I seem to have the best experiences when I make those very quick, not over analytical decisions, the most amazing things happen. Um, but you're right, it is about, um, which is why I started the Unbreakable Campaign. It really is about um, finding your way to heal and pushing through and knowing that there's something better on the other side of that. Um, and that's really, I, what really the message through everything I've ever done has been to try to um, inspire others that to, you know, to heal and that there's still life after your diagnosis, after your trauma, after whatever it is out there, like healing hurts. It's hard. I'm not going to sugarcoat that, but the rewards that you reap from that, whatever your rewards look like are, are so worth it. They just, they really are. Yeah, that's it. I think, like you mentioned, it's, um, you know, the when you're going through something, you know, like in those difficult times, there is like that kind of, you know, the other end of it, you know, that you can push through it and get through it and come out the other side. And I think, you know, if you're going through that time, you sometimes feel like there isn't, you know, another side. But like you said, there is, you know, you can shift and you can change, you know, through continuing to do that and i think like you said by the, how the universe kind of works you know and how you know by you listening to yourself and making those necessary changes it kind of you know creates a whole new opening for you if that makes sense it's just how you know the universe works and um it's almost you said you know the best kind of some you know sometimes not overthinking things and just making those decisions you know like i'm going to do this and it kind of opens up, you know, different opportunities. And that's, I think, like, that's that's definitely how some things work sometimes, isn't it? Deciding and making that choice and just doing it. And sometimes, you know, I think that's, you know, sometimes we can overthink things. And if you overthink things, then you're probably not going to take, that, you know, those, uh, make those decisions, you know, as uh, quickly. And I think it's nice that, you know, you set up that, is it the, the unbreakable, the, the unbreakable code or journey or what's it? The unbreakable campaign so campaign yeah so i started that in 2019 after meeting evan carmichael and then a whole bunch of other serendipitous kind of events um i talked got to talk to chris cubby he's on um twitter he runs a marketing company i think in denmark i want to say i won like a session with him and he's a marketer he's a like has a marketing company that's what he does 
And he basically was like, I was struggling. And like I said, I kept hitting burnout and I couldn't find, figure out why I was burning out because I really didn't have, I loved what I did, but I really didn't have a purpose behind it except to make money at that point. And mm. he was like, nothing you're making is unique or special. And I was like, you're out. Another hard slap in the face, but I was like, you're absolutely right. He's like, you're, the stuff that you're making, it can be duplicated. It's not, it's not really that different from anything. Somebody else can buy a t-shirt somewhere else that looks very similar to what you're doing. And it really got me thinking. And then after meeting Evan and talking to him and it was, I was coming off of it, made the decision to come off the Humera and all kind of at the same time, like I said, the way the universe puts things in front of you, I decided I wanted to make apparel for people who had over, were overcoming, right? Overcome trauma or mm. um, were dealing with a chronic illness and were learning to thrive versus just survive anymore. And I was going to put each person's like one word on a shirt for them. And I decided very quickly, I didn't want to do it that way because I had done one-off projects and making one single t-shirt for like a hundred people is a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and I started thinking like about the one word that kind of, you know, brought us all together, like described all of us and unbreakable was that word because all of these people had met up against things that were designed to break a person and they, mm showed that they could push through and that they were unbreakable and like i said that's how i ended up starting a campaign the campaign's on hold right now i had to i had to make a lot of adjustments um to get that restarted just for my own mental health um i was running mm. into some issues and um again that's why i said I, I ended up it's funny how all these things kind of rolled into each other that was how i ended up meeting david on instagram and then my reaching out and messaging him. And like I said, that was my intention was to ask him, how do I build this? Mm. And it was shortly after that, it was like, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready. Mm. I, I need, mm. I have more healing of my own to do before I can run this campaign the way yeah. that I want to. Yeah. I, I think it's great what you're doing. And I think like, you know, to, you know, we, we have to ultimately heal, don't we, as you mentioned, and to work on ourselves before sometimes doing, you know, the things that we kind of, trying to build or do you know it's like you know your mental health or like you know your, you know uh you know with healing and you know kind of being okay in yourself you know and, and being health you know fully you know the best that you can be to then do what you need to do isn't it it's like you know your energy levels because lots of different demands and things like that and it won't be fair sometimes to probably do things unless you know we're okay you know I mean? we're okay kind of thing Oh, as I'm especially as a mom that's a lesson that I had to I'm, I'm still my oldest is 21 and I'm still struggling yeah I'm gonna say struggling I'm still relearning this lesson over and over again like it keeps getting yeah. put in front of me like we're all running yeah. myself ragged like I said today my son went back to school and I'm like I'm gonna do all these things and I'm like nope I'm not gonna do that I'm not going back into that old pattern although I wanted mm. to be productive today and do things and meet with you and all this other thing I'm like I'm not gonna make myself crazy thinking I have to do a million things just because he's not here. Cause all that's yeah. going to do is drive me back into overwhelm and exhaustion and de completely defeat the purpose of trying mm -hmm. to be productive in the first place. Um, but that was something I definitely, like I said, David pointed out to me, it's, a, and it's something intellectually, you know, right. That we have to fill our own cup before we fill others. But as people, I think, and as, as a mom, my job was always to take care of my kids. Like my kids always came first and I finally had to, and putting myself first felt selfish, right? Yeah. And that's what we're taught, unfortunately, a lot of us as little kids is that putting yourself first is selfish. And what I learned from David really and, and 
um, you know, the people that I follow is that you can't give what you don't have, which is why I was always feeling like I was running on empty because I was trying to give people something that I didn't, wasn't giving myself. Mm. And a lot of th f things I focused on was, you know, meditating, which I'm still not great at. I, I just <laughs> meditating something I struggle with. I listen to guided meditations when I go to sleep because that's the best way of meditation for me. I'm not, a, I don't have, maybe now I'll have some quiet time I can meditate, but I don't mm. have a lot of quiet time where I'm not trying to sleep. Yeah. Um, and, but, other, you know, sleep was a big thing I had to focus on. Um, and I have to keep refocusing myself on, like I'm mm. a person that in the winter time, especially here, I need 10 hours of sleep a night. And I had to come to terms with that because it's frustrating when people are like, oh, six, seven hours of sleep. And I'm like, I'm losing four hours a day. <laughs> right. And I'm like, but I'm not really losing it. I'm giving my body what it needs. And that was yeah. really a huge mindset, mindset shift for me was it's not a waste of time. You're doing what you need to do, which is rest, so that you can be more productive in those, you know, 20 or what is it? I can't even do math. 14 hours you are awake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, those extra four hours aren't going to do you any good if you can't think straight. So, yeah. Well, there's a, there's a thing like people say you need to get up at X, Y, Z time and all of this. And it's like, you know, it's kind of what you do in that, that time, isn't it? You know, it's like you can get up at six o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock. But if you're not doing anything between eight, nine and ten o'clock, then, you know, you, you, people, you know, you could get up at seven. Yeah, you, you have more time. but You've got to execute on that time, haven't you? It's like you get up at nine or ten o'clock in the morning or eight o'clock in the morning and then put in loads of work. You know, it's. It, it, it just depends i think what you put in but it, it's different for each person i think but i think like what 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 i'm hearing you say is like you know you what from from what you said is that you really you have like the sense of self-awareness you know you're, you're tapping into you know be that, that self-awareness of yourself and how you feel and what you're thinking and i think you know that they're, they're, they're the first steps you know to tune into yourself and get to know you know what it is that you need to do and looking after yourself because i think as you said sometimes in life people you know people are always doing things with other people but when it comes to themselves it's like you know we're kind of depleted you know we're not giving ourselves what we're putting out to other people and i think i can kind of relate to that as a you know in my life and and, and coming back and checking in with myself and understanding you know i'm doing a lot I'm putting a lot out there but then kind of for me to do that i need to go away and do jump and chill out of the weekend or, or whatever or do xyz and i think it's important that you know you, you recognize that and you you know you're incorporating that in your life but you know there, there are challenges in life things like that but you're you're you know you're doing what's right if that makes sense you know like meditating and, and all of these different things yeah and i think it's also different for each person like me yeah. At this point, anyways, going out for a run is not going to make me feel better. It's going to knock me out for three days. Something I'm yeah. going to work back up to because, again, I haven't, like I was telling you before, I haven't been, today was the first day I've been off my property in almost a year. Um, so walking, there's a hill, we have a big hill we walk down to get to the bus stop and walking back up, I'm like, I got this, <laughs> I got to the top yeah. of the hill. And I'm, <laughs> you know, meanwhile, I've been walking 10,000, 15,000 steps a day, but literally up and down my sidewalk on the side of my house so no hills no nothing just flat walking back and forth and um but so for me that wouldn't be energizing but for somebody else it would start off their day and give them the energy they need 
Um, so it is all about self-awareness. And I think another big thing too is listening to your intuition, which is why I think I mentioned before making these split second non-overthinking decisions is me listening to my intuition. And I'm really starting to learn that, um, that I feel like that's what that is, is not giving my, is listening to that first, that first, that idea, and then just going with it versus thinking about all the ways that could go wrong, all the reasons I shouldn't do it, you know, because that's with somebody who's had anxiety for as many years as I have. That's kind of how my mind used to work. You know, it was like, I would have never in a million years dreamed of driving to New Jersey, which is like eight, eight hours from here, just to give you, I'm with my two oldest kids, mind you, and then hop a ferry to go to New York City, like somewhere I've never been, the only technical adult at the time, you know what I mean? Like, and it was amazing. It was one of the most exciting, best experiences of my life. It was exhausting, but it was like a good tired, you know, you know how you lay down at night and you have like a you're good tired versus just emotionally drained, kind of tired. Um, and that's another thing I've had to really learn to distinguish um, between the two for myself. And I think it's important for everyone is to be able to distinguish whether you're, you know, good tired, like you've got a lot done and you feel good about yourself and, and, and you're tired because you put out a lot of um, good energy during the day, or are you completely emotionally exhausted and burned out kind of tired? Because there's definitely a difference. Um, I find too that with that kind of tired for me, especially like emotional overwhelm, um, also causes a lot more, my symptoms to flare like crazy, like more than, than any kind of exercise I could do. Um, the emotional stuff is what really kind of knocks me down. So I try to avoid yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, it's, but like you said, I think like it's, it's great you, you're developing, you know, you're developing your self-awareness and you're in your you know, you know, you're noticing, you know, what, what's making you feel good, what isn't, and what you do and don't need. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry. I'm just... Oh, you're fine. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, you're noticing, you know, like, you know, self-awareness and, and what works for you. And there's that, like you said, that, that drained kind of like tiredness. And then there's like that kind of mentally kind of like, tired but in a good way as you mentioned like you know if you're doing a lot of good it's 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 like if you're revising a course or you're doing something or you're putting out you know good energy and doing a lot of productive things it is it's that it's that, that satisfied kind of tiredness isn't it in some way and i think like you know making those shifts and, and doing you know those trips to new york and it's all about that stepping out your comfort zone isn't it you're stepping out your comfort zone and pushing out you know the the ordinary to then you know going to open up these opportunities, you know, is really, it's where that, that's, that's like where the growth happens, isn't it? You know, shifting and doing, you know, that, that, that long drive and going to New York and, you know, that's fantastic. And I think, you know, we, we should all kind of, I think, stretch ourselves and grow in that way. We should all kind of, you know, as long as you, you know, you're looking after your energy and everything else, you know, in between, but to, to you know, to grow as a person. Yeah. I think there's, um, it's really important to push ourselves to grow, but to also know where you're pushing yourself into anxiety and overwhelm, because you don't want to be having a little bit of anxiety and overwhelm is normal. It kind of shows you like where you still have growing to do, but you don't want to live in that space. You want, and you'd also don't want to live in your comfort zone. So there's really like a middle ground of, like you said, the, there's like a growth area 
or if you push yourself just enough to get into that area of growth and then that growth circle kind of gets bigger right because you get comfortable doing those things and then you kind of push a little bit more but some people like myself have pushed so much so fast so hard out here that we're like in this anxiety very 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 uncomfortable no growth zone because you're just in an overwhelm and anxious mode and you can't really learn too much when you're in that state of mind so kind of dial it back and kind of keep it in it's hard to explain it's like a com comfortable growth area yeah. or something like it's just like an in-between um yeah. but yeah i think it's it's having a little bit of fear and a little bit of feeling anxious a little bit of feeling nervous is okay and normal when we're growing um you mm. just don't want to get kind of stuck in that that yeah. feeling all the time um, no so. that's it i think sometimes people can get it mixed up with excitement sometimes can't they as one i think it, it sometimes feeling that probably a bit of nervousness or excitement is going to like propel you you know forward it's kind of how you how you deal with that and i think you know like you was on like um you know tv with david melson and stuff like that i bet you know you, well how was that for you you know going on that show like you know so yeah let me transition to that so in in april last april i um everything shut down here in march so that i had zero demand for what i was doing um in that capacity nobody was getting together there were no large groups small businesses were closed you know for the time being so i wasn't there was no um demand for shirts um like i was making them um plus people conserving their money but anyways i i was asked um first week of april if i would make custom masks and i was like nope and i was like i don't know how to sew i was like i have no idea how to do this and when that third person asked, I was like, well, this is a sign from the universe. I believe in law three, I need to figure this out, at least attempt it, right? So I had this six-year-old vintage sewing machine in my garage and we pulled it out and dusted it off. I have a video up on Instagram, I think trying to get this thing to go. And I'm like, oh, we've got power, but I couldn't figure out how to, I had no, no idea how to work a sewing machine, let alone how to fix this one, right? And ultimately decided that it was broken and it wasn't ha that wasn't happening. So I talked to a friend of mine who's a seamstress and the same friend I was talking about earlier. I was like, do you have an extra sewing machine I could borrow? And she brought it over and it was broken, but it was usable enough for me to figure out how to get this thing going. And about a week, two weeks later, um, I had opened up my Etsy shop. I was making masks. So I learned how to sew, set up my Etsy shop and was ready to go. Um, and I learned how to make a bunch of different things, pillows, and I was learning how to make skirts, and I've made little outfits for little kids, and uh, that's all up in my Etsy shop. And come August, um, I had really struggled, so I struggled through not being able to get supplies, and I got around that um, because my mom helped me kind of clean out people's estate sales, so older women that she knew that were no longer sewing had massive amounts of this stuff just sitting in their house. And I'm like, I'll just take it all. You know, like here's a couple hundred bucks, give it all to me. Cause you couldn't get elastic. Elastic was like $4 for a foot, which it's like 10 cents a foot, just to give you an idea. Like people were gouging, so it was crazy. So as I'm using all of these vintage materials and I'm falling in love with this vintage material and I've always really had this thing about not wasting and using things to their full potential. Um, I decided I wanted to build an upcycling company have no idea how to do this. And I talked to David and he's my you know business advisor. I'm like, do you think I could scale something like this? And he's like, absolutely. And then it kind of just sat there for a couple months because I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this. We're in a pandemic, like all of these different things. 
but I kept working on my sewing skills. And come like October, he had been doing two minute drill on like YouTube and Instagram and whatnot, which is, it's a pitch competition. So you go on, you pitch your business idea and for the chance to win, you know, prizes. Well, they took it to TV and they were taking um, applications. And I was kind of playing around with the idea, but honestly was never seriously considering doing it because I, I'd listened to people pitch. And I'm like, I don't belong here. I don't have these sales figures. I don't have these numbers. I don't know how to run a business. Like nothing about this makes sense for me to do. And it, I kept kind of hinting at it and kind of asking him questions like, how do I write a pitch? How do I do this? How do I do that? And the more he was giving me information, the more I'm like, I really, really don't belong here. And it was one of his private coaching group sessions. And he's talking about the pitch competition. And this is like late November. And he go or mid-November, and he says, he said, yeah, everybody who's, you know, hasn't signed up yet, sign up for the pitch competition. That means you, Bonnie, and like calls me out from the entire group, right? I'm like, shit, now I've got to do this. <laughs> like, all right. So I still waited three more days to fill out the application. And finally at like 1130 when I said, I'm just going to do this and fill it out and I send it in and that's going to be the end of it, right? And that wasn't the end of it. I had to write a mini pitch on the spot. And I was amazed because it all kind of came to me. They asked for my, you know, my target audience, which I had been struggling for four months to figure out all of a sudden come to me. And two days later, I get the email back saying that I got, that I was picked to be a finalist and I'm screaming, I'm running around yelling and, you know, telling everybody, texting my friends, trying to explain what I'm talking about. So uh, they have, I end up writing this pitch it takes me two and a half weeks. I recorded myself over 400 times practicing this pitch. Cause you've got two minutes to pitch your business idea. Yeah. I've like a lot it's still hanging on my mirror. Um, and the day of, um, we lost power <laughs> recording and I didn't get power back to like 30 minutes before. So everything's telling me like, you're not meant to do this. This is not for you. You know, well, why are you here? Except for David who called me out. And so we get power back and we get internet back like five minutes before I'm supposed to record. And um, it's three and a half hours of mostly standing around because it's done virtually, right? And I ended up listening to everybody else's pitch and I was number five and I go on. And apparently my internet was so bad that my video was completely pixelated, but they could still hear me. So I give my pitch and I wait some more. <laughs> And then they, they tell you whoever um, whoever's picked as the winner will be the only one seen on the screen. Because the whole time you're staring at a blank screen except for when you're recording, giving your pitch. And all of a sudden I see my picture pop up and I'm like, shit, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm like, oh my God. And they announced the winner. And then I can't tell anybody. For like an hour and a half, I couldn't tell my family. I had to stand there quietly because they still had follow-up questions and stuff to do. And I'm going to tell you now, I actually made the ultimate mistake and it's funny now, but it was not funny at the time. And I went on Instagram and I blabbed that I won in a little short 20 second video. We were, yeah, I know. Right. And I get a call from the team the next day and they're like, you weren't supposed to say anything. And I'm like, I didn't know. I'm like, rookie mistake. I was so freaking excited because the, the prize was $50,000 in cash and prizes. And the fact that all of these things were telling me you don't belong here, including myself, to end up winning just completely blew my mind. Like I was not even in my body or something. Like I was not thinking clearly. I was so excited. 
And so I took the post down and there was no harm done, but definitely for three days, I was walking around going, are they just going to disqualify me? Am I kicked out? Did I lose? Like, are they going to cut? What's going to happen? And everything worked out great. And it's been fabulous. Um, the follow-up to that has been fabulous. It's been about a little over a month since I, since my episode aired um, on January 22nd. So if anyone's interested in watching, it's on Amazon Prime. It's called Two Minute Drill. And I was episode three. It's also on YouTube. Um, so yeah, it's been... It's been phenomenal. And I think I know we're getting close to your time. So <laughs> I can't hear you. Oh, there we go. So I, I was muted on, okay. on the Zoom rather than my mic. Um, no, that's fine. My, my I'm good for time. Honestly, it's fine. Oh, okay. And okay. Um, that, no, it's incredible. Um, journey isn't it you know that that the whole process of the of that and you know i think like you know from what you mentioned like the you know just doing it and you know like you said you you wasn't going to apply you kind of you know was back and forth about it and then you know david like you know kind of holding you accountable for, for you know being it, it it really does kind of um you know, that, that that accountability is is quite powerful, isn't it? If, if, you know, actually taking action, and you don't want you know you don't want to let yourself down. You don't want to let you know him down and the other people. That's it. I was didn't want to go on there, and I didn't want to disappoint him, and I didn't want to embarrass either one of us. And which is why what propelled me to it wasn't even about winning at that point. It was about not disappointing him and not making him look bad because I'm like I'm one of his students. And if I go on and deliver this terrible pitch, <laughs> like how? how's that going to make us both look? So you're right. It was, that was a, yeah. a huge driving factor for me. And I don't advise that for everything, but for that one thing, it worked out in my favor. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like when you mentioned like, you know, the internet went off and all these things happened before and, and like, you know, like it, it's crazy how like life happens, isn't it? Sometimes. And like you said, you know, the internet went off and then you're trying to get on and it's pixelated and they can see you. And then, it's um it sounds like like when you're rushing it's like if you're late for a job interview and like you're rushing and you miss your bus or whatever it's like you know the things that you don't want to happen kind of happen but you still went through it and, and did it you know and um i was thinking about it today actually you know like like showing up you know just showing up you know how how important it is you know like think life happens things like that but you know just by showing up and doing it and, and being there and i think i think it's something that i've learn with podcasting you know just show up you know show up you know you've got to show up and it's 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 important in life isn't it but i think i think it's great that you know you you went on the show and you got on the show and you saw it through you know and you ended up winning as well and i think like you know you when when you think like you someone is going to work out you're going to feel that excitement you know like like you said you you wasn't almost in your body you know because probably deep down you probably do you know what I mean didn't think anything's gonna happen or in my mind and even when talking to a lot of the friends that I grew up with it's like things like this that just don't happen to people like us right and I'm gonna say air quotes like never in a million years growing up did I ever imagine I was gonna I mean I imagined being on tv but like I never thought that it would actually play out you know what I mean like what was I gonna be on tv for kind of thing I don't want to be an actor so you know and so it was, it was very surreal. It's been very surreal. I still haven't fully accepted that it's happened, even though like now I'm doing podcasts and I'm talking about it and I, I've joined 
actually joined David's podcast agency. I think I told you about, so I'm going to be doing more podcasts and getting used to talking about yourself, even though I can talk a lot and it's, it's different when it's one-on-one and it feels like a conversation, right. Versus like I did a newspaper interview and that was, it was awkward. Um, but this is like a conversation. So I end up naturally talking a lot, but talking about yourself, starting that conversation, talking about yourself is very unnatural to me. Um, that was another thing I was working through with David was like bragging without bragging, like telling, being proud of the accomplishments is still something I'm really working through. This is something really big. And to me, it's like, it feels really big on one hand, but it almost feels like too big that it didn't happen kind of thing. And then like talking about it, it's just, I know it sounds so strange, but there's all the different emotions and things that I've thought about it. It's still not like, like people are like, you were on TV? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. And I'm like, yes, thank you. <laughs> it's like really hard to accept it, right? Um, and I'm learning how to, to celebrate myself, which is something I'm just not used to doing. You know, we were, I was brought up like, don't brag you know, being proud is a bad thing, like all of these different things, like people can be proud of you, but you can't be proud of yourself, which never really made sense to me. But it was like, constant seeking of approval kind of thing, because of that, because you were always relying on somebody else to tell you that you were doing a good job, and that you were there, they were proud of you. So now it's, you're, it's okay for you to be proud of yourself kind of thing, if that makes sense, I'm kind of working through this as we're talking, yeah. but it, it's another skill. It's another lesson. And I have to learn something that I'm still, I don't want to say struggling with because struggling has a negative connotation, but learning to do yeah. better with, yeah. you know, to be better at. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, definitely. Definitely makes sense. And I think I, I, I you know, I see that sometimes, you know, other people talk about the same thing, you know, you just mentioned that, you know, owning um, what you, what you, have achieved you know your accomplishments owning that and you know it's like giving yourself a pat on the back saying you know yeah i've done xyz yes i'm good you know good good for me for getting xyz and i think like i said it is there's a difference between selfishness and that that isn't selfishness but i think like you know you have to in your life you know give yourself credit don't you or learn you know learn to give yourself credit for what you're doing and and that kind of thing and you know become you have to have that it's that relationship with yourself, isn't it? And that good relationship with yourself and learning to, you know, nurture that. Um, you know, some of that's that I can definitely relate to. And I think it's important to, to give yourself credit for what you're doing, isn't it? You know, it, it's it's a process. It's, 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 it's a journey. And, you know, when you've been told not to do that or that's not okay, you know, you've got to untangle that and then, you know, like go over that and, and develop these this you know new way of of living because it's it's so important to to recognize achieve and i think like as well if you recognize achievements and you give yourself credit for them you're welcoming more into your life through the universe if that makes sense because sometimes people don't and it's like if you're doing that you're kind of putting a, a, a hold on that does that make sense that's a really good point yes actually and i'm really glad you said that i think it also because you're hundred percent right. It's being grateful. I don't think I was ever not grateful. I think it, I think what's hard for me too. And I was talking, actually talking to David about this this morning is feeling guilty for doing really well when so much of the world right now is struggling. And I really had to, I had a friend of mine 
call me at one point in the middle of this process and his life was he claimed that everything was going wrong in his life and he was like well how are you and I said you know what? I have to tell you I'm actually I'm fantastic like I just I can't sit here and say that I'm not okay because you feel like crap and I didn't say all of that to him but in my mind I'm thinking I need to claim that I'm that I'm doing well you know because I want to keep doing well and that was a really pivotal thing for me because I think a lot of times people they commiserate right and oh I know that's terrible I'm so sorry that that's happening to you and this you know and, and I've done that. I've been doing that my entire life. And owning that things were going well, admitting that they were going well, and being happy that they're going well, grateful, just invites more into your life, like you said. And I think part of this also is it stems from self-confidence. And because you don't believe you can accomplish it, and then you accomplish it, it's kind of like, oh, that's great, that happened. And then you kind of fall back on the, the lack of self-confidence, but that was kind of like a one-time thing, like in your mind, you know, like you're not saying these things out loud, but I think sometimes consciously we think like, oh, well, that was a fluke, you know, and you're right. Owning, accepting, and being grateful for it is the, are the next steps to inviting more of it and more chances to prove yourself to yourself that you're competent and, and capable of doing these things, which just then builds more self-confidence. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly it, and I think it's, it, you know, it, it inspires other people as well to to create things and to do things, you know, as well, because they'll they'll hear your story and they'll see what you're doing, and they'll be like, gosh, look at you know what she's doing and what she's been through and you know what she's doing now, and you know it, it's that ripple effect almost, you know, that kind of you know what you're doing is powerful and it can inspire inspire other people because there's plenty plenty more people out there who who think like who, who've been in that place if that makes sense who i speak to a lot of people who don't post content or they might struggle posting content you know and, and that kind of thing and just by yeah but in, in taking those small steps and they, they hear other people's stories and, and and you know and and then they go and do it it's it's quite remarkable how it kind of works you know there's all these things that lead up to that moment, if that makes sense, or, or things that kind of build you, you know, to, to push you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think it's important too to point out that none of this I did in confidence. I mean, I'm sure it's evident from yeah. my story and telling you, I, I didn't do it yeah. in confidence. I did it with the fear. Like I did yeah. it despite the fear. Like I felt all of the fear and the scary things happening and panicking. And, you know, again, there was a lot more involved in the process of writing and, and producing a pitch. And a lot of it was oh shit moments like what am I doing here like but I had to keep going because I kind of made yeah. that promise that I you know by being accepted that I was going to follow through and do this and again it's funny because there's that anxiety zone and there's the fear zone and I think doing it it wasn't it was a different kind of fear it was a different kind of anxiety yeah. um but doing it despite the fear taking those first steps despite being afraid because if you being by being afraid and not doing anything you're not going to you're not going to make any progress hmm. and i think people get it stuck in their head where they see people like me or people who are famous or people who are like gary or even you and go oh well they're they, they're confident they don't have any fear about any of this they just they're they're not afraid of it you know they feel like they can do it and they do it and it's like that's really not the case and if more people talk about the fact that no i'm really not i was not confident yeah. When I went into this process, I'm getting more confident the more I practice and the more I do it. And it has to be, I'm sure it was like podcasting. Like I'm sure your first yeah. podcast wasn't like the most brilliant thing ever. I mean, maybe it was, 
you know, like my first YouTube video sucked and I did yeah. it like 30 times. Um, yeah. It was just being afraid, being not being afraid to suck. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. everybody sucks at things when they're doing it the first time. Everybody's, yeah. most people are afraid when they do things the first time. But it's, yeah. it's really, I, get, I don't want to say pushing through the fear. It's kind of like you got to ignore it. Like it's not even there. Like just do it anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's I think it. people feel that for different things and diff- that they've, you know, attempted to do in their life. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. I think I think, you know, like there's always going to be sometimes something that is going to present you that feel, you know. And I think if if it if it doesn't scare you, then you know, you're you're not always going to grow, if that makes sense, you know. Like it it has to kind of scare you or has to kind of I'll scare you but you know that fear is there and it's like you know noticing it and you know like either you know just kind of pushing it to a side and just focusing um and i think like the more you do something the more confident you get and you it just builds like a snowball over time if that makes sense so like doing this kind of these kind of things like you know video call the first like with podcasting the first 60 episodes i did i think or 50 were on audio I didn't want to do video. I wasn't confident doing video. Didn't yep. do, didn't, you know, didn't want to do it. I I felt uneasy, you know, like that self-confidence thing. How am I going to look? What are people, people going to think? All of these things. And you have to kind of notice what, what's coming up and to, you know, kind of push through that and not let that kind of drown out and stop you from doing those those things. And you know, it's like in, in what you're doing as well. Like it all kind of, you know, you think back to however long ago, you know, and, how, and what you was doing. Like I, I look back at, you know, some of the old clips I did. I remember like posting videos and then deleting, you know, or or talking to the camera and then looking away, or, you know, or, you know, that because my confidence wasn't there. But as you, as you mentioned, it's, you know, the more you do it, you grow, you know. Yeah, I think, and now it goes back to what we were saying earlier about the, you know, the the comfort zone and the kind of like the learning outside of the comfort mm. zone and then like this anxiety yeah. zone. Actually, I think David did a, a chart now that I'm thinking about it, saying this out loud. I think he, in his book, he actually has something drawn up just like that. Yeah. It's, this, it's the same kind of thing. And I think the other thing people, and myself included, think about this big picture and how scary all of that is. And really all you got to do is take that very first step. Like what you do with podcasting, you did an audio first because you didn't want to be on video, but you at least did the audio to get used to that part of it, right? And so you were ready mm-hmm. comfortable to at least try the video. And mm-hmm. I think that's really important to note too, is that just yeah. you don't have to jump all the way into whatever it is you're trying to do. Just take that, you know, the very first step. Um, yeah. That's it's really important. And then build that confidence as you go. Yeah. That's that's really important when you mentioned that, and I think a lot of people should put it into the way that you just mentioned it then, because a lot of people with social media, and media is great, you know, it's a great tool, but a lot of people sometimes look at other people, what they're doing, and they ultimately think that's how I'm meant to be doing it, you know, or they feel under pressure because they, there's this kind of like normal, you know, quotation wave appearing or doing you know or, or you know on video i see that a lot of that on you know linkedin and 
it, it can probably you know stop you know knock people back because they might compare themselves but i think as you mentioned like the it's, the, it's those small steps you know like that first step you know is is the most important bit and it, it, it's that it's, it's learning that it's a process isn't it you know those steps that build yeah i think that's that's people are comparing so like i can't evan carmichael is a good example he's been making youtube videos for a really long time and he's phenomenal at it he's got an awesome setup he's a natural he's been doing this for 10 years there is no way i'm going to get on a video and be evan carmichael stuff like ready you know what i mean it doesn't matter how many even i could have all the same lights the same setup the same everything i am never going to be as good as him in my first video as he is in his like how many thousands video you know what i mean and i think you're right people compare and there's a, a quote that goes around instagram and facebook and every too often is like not to compare yourself to someone else's highlight reel and that's a really important thing like you you can't i'm not kim kardashian like i'm not gonna hop onto instagram and make these gorgeous photos because i'm not her like like right off the bat do you know what i mean like you have to build your way up to something like that um, yeah yeah so and everyone's kind of on path aren't they you know you know you're on your path i'm on mine right. and whoever else is on their path and i think you know like look, you know you're just focus on your own path isn't it and not comparing it to someone else sometimes um you know because they've got their thing going on you know and it's it's kind of looking like that as well isn't it and right. um i was thinking as well like, do you have any like favorite books or anything like that that you like to read I have stacks and stacks and stacks of books. I go through um, phases with books. So like I'll read like five or 10 books in a very short period of time, like a month or so. And then I won't read anything for in a, a while. In a month. Yeah, I just, I crush books. I'll crush a book or two in a weekend. I read really fast. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. Uh, you inspiring me to, to do that. <laughs> well, again, it's been lots and lots of practice. Um, yeah. Jim Craig is great for that um learning how to kind of pick up your reading speed but I was naturally a fast reader um just because I all I did when as a kid was read but really I, I'm so I just started reading a book and I'm, I'm gonna forget her name because I just picked the book up but it's called Brad Better which was suggested by David after our conversation um David Meltzer's Connected to Goodness is one of my favorite books mm -hmm. To Kill a Mockingbird has been a favorite book of mine since fifth grade when we first learned about it. Um, actually, probably it was like third or fourth grade. Um, I went to a very strange private school. Yeah. <laughs> we read stuff like, wait, it's like that's like an eighth grade book, right? And we were reading it third or fourth grade. And I'm really glad because it, it definitely um, became one of my favorite books and movies to watch. Hmm. Um, what else? Um, I really just, uh, I don't want to say self-help books, but I guess that's what they're categorized. Like personal development, the yeah. Books, like Gabby Bernstein, I love to read her stuff. Um, she's more on the spiritual side of personal growth. Um, uh, Vision wrote a book uh, called Limitless. Is it Limitless? Uh, no, I'm probably going to Vision, Vision Lakiani. Lakiani. Is yeah. it, you did the, I think, is it the, uh, something source code of the mind something like that, yeah, something that code. One, yeah and i'm getting his and jim quick's book jim quick's book was limitless I, i'm gonna yeah. I'm, I'm i know what they are and i know who they are but i tend to mix them up 
but it's yeah, here, pretty much actually. working in that kind of that sphere, that realm of books. Um, but I definitely have an entire stack that I need to get through right now, sitting in my living room for yeah. the next reading spurt. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's important to read, isn't it? I, I, I'm the same. I've got lots of books that I'm kind of trying to work through, and um, you learn, you can learn a lot from books, and um, take a lot from them as well. And that that book's called um, Is it Code of the Extraordinary Mind? That's it, yeah. Like it. Yeah, yes. I. Yeah, I read that a long time ago. I gave it to my brother to read. It's just just up there. But um, the yeah, Limitless looks good. My brother's read that. I haven't read it, but um, it I've heard good things, and it's I think like you know to read different kind of books as well. You know, like um, it's good to have a variety in the selection, and you you can definitely take a lot from them. And um, I'm gonna try and do what you're doing and try and read more than <laughs> one. <laughs> with practice. I really do follow my intuition when it comes to that. That's it's like sometimes I just need to suck up a whole bunch of knowledge all at once. And it's like getting yeah. all of these different viewpoints about some of the same topics and then kind of sorting everything out and then putting whatever. I really feel I'll feel called to just read and read and read. Some of my other favorite books are um so my word for 2020 was was um I'm gonna totally forget it. <laughs> was surrender. Um, yeah, and really just kind of letting the universe guide me through everything that I was doing last year, and I'm still doing that now. I'm trying to get a lot better at listening to my intuition, and I'm really a big believer now in kind of leap in the universe will catch you kind of thing, which is mm. what I was talking about earlier. Um, it's not as, as easy to constantly um, live as it is to say, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely a concept um, and a belief that. I now really see has worked for me, um, yeah. especially making the split second decisions. Um, yeah, that's a surrender. There was a surrender experiment by Michael Singer was the first introduction to really to surrender that I was, that was what I was getting at. It was a really yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I definitely have to check it out. I'll, I'll definitely put it, you know, in the bio group to, to kind of read as well. And, um, like I'll just to like run. I was just thinking like, do you have any kind of uh, mentors or role models? You know, like growing up or like kind of now. You know, like whether that's personal friends, family, or anyone kind of like you know. Growing up, I'm gonna be honest. I my my childhood was pretty tumultuous, um, pretty chaotic, pretty all over the place, and I spent a lot of time at my best friend's house as a child. Yeah, all the way through high school. Um, and now really my mentors, I, David is a, is a uh, mm. personal mentor and friend of mine. Um, yeah. And I, I, I have a tendency to really kind of stick with one person um, and then kind of have the other people in the background. So I, again, I read a lot of different books by these different people and I follow them on social media. I really connected with David, David though on like a different spiritual level. Like I've had other mm. mentors like Carmichael and Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, and, and both of them are kind of now coming more into the mindfulness and, and space, which I find very interesting and I'm enjoying watching that happen. Um, but David was, was business and spirituality kind of like meshed into one, which for me is what I really needed and what I really connected with. Like I said, he called me out in our first meeting saying, you're not ready for business. Like you need to focus on your health. And to me, that was a really big deal because although I didn't want to hear it, he was, it was putting me first, not like I can make you all this money and if you do this and this and this and this and this, you could be, you know, making a million dollars next year. It was none of that. None of that. You know what I mean? It was, he really actually cared about my well-being and my growth as a person, 
not just, mm. you know, do, not dollar signs. Uh, not that those other people do, but I'm just saying I really connected to him because of that. Um, so I, I find that life kind of delivers me or the universe delivers me my mentors as I need them and the way that I need them. So I kind of yeah. just find inspiration and mentors in different places and experts and take what I need and keep going kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I, saw, I think, you know, like, you know, mentors and role models change and, you know, that's okay. And I think like it's important ultimately, I think, you know, to have role models and mentors, you know, uh, you know, kind of in your life because you can take a lot of, you know, growth, uh, you know, as a person to, you know, kind of see that, you know, listen to their content and look at their lessons, and what they're doing and, you can kind of like identify with them and you know in your own way if that makes sense can you as well it does too because i i actually have i have a coach too who started out as a business coach but she kind of morphed and changed what she was doing and how she was doing it was funny because i was kind of doing the same thing on my own path at the same time which is why we're still i still talk to her as a coach like once a month um about different specific things and she's now more kind of on the spiritual side of things um than on the business side and we kind of both have gone that same direction um, with each other. It, well, it just in general, but also together. Um, so she's she's a role model to me as well because she lives her life on her terms. You know what I mean? And and she has I've watched her grow just as much as she's watched me grow over the past two yeah. years. So yeah. we have a good relationship too, which yeah. I really love that's, her. that's really that's really nice. It's really nice that you you have that with her, and I think like. You know, it, it's it's important, isn't it? You know, to have these these good, positive relationships with people, and to have you know that that community and support, you know, around you that are going to you know support you and what you're doing, you know, as well. And you know, to be around these kind of people is you know really really important. And uh, <clears throat> where can people find you on you know social media and you know your uh, website and that kind of thing? So I'm posh notions across social media and my website is poshnotions.com my etsy store is um so www.etsy.com backslash shop backslash posh notions which you could probably just search me on they're much easier um and yeah i'm on twitter instagram facebook pretty much everywhere except for linkedin right now because i'm locked out for some reason um so yeah it's posh notions throw that up there (laughs) yeah that's awesome and um, I'll definitely, you know, I'll share your content for you and, put, you know, put it in the bio and because I really like what you're doing. And, you know, I really, really appreciate, you know, connecting with you. And, you know, I just want to, you know, say thank you to, uh, is it, what, what if John, John, what a funk you, uh, you know, sort, you know, yes. made the connection for, for me and you. And, you know, I'm really grateful for that. And, you know, uh, it's been great talking to you and, you know, I wish you all the best in what, in what you're doing. You know, keep Thank on you so keep on at it. No, you're welcome. I appreciate the time that we've spent together too. And yeah, I I think I asked him if he knew anybody, and that's how I was interested. It was doing podcasting, and that's how I I found you. Yeah, no, it's it's really it's really really nice. I'm really grateful, and you know, I definitely stay in touch. And you know, I wish you all the best on what you're doing. And uh, yeah, just just keep on going. Thank you so much. I appreciate no, it. You as well. You're welcome. I enjoyed you're listening welcome. to you. yours and now David's interview. Actually, it was it was fascinating that how I met you was completely separate, but somehow we still had that connection. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy how it works sometimes, and like you know how 
you know, you kind of got connected to him and I got connected with him as well when I had him on the show. And it's quite, it's yeah. quite nice how, you know, it's like with the universe and how the universe works, you know, it's, it's nice how the kind of the dots get kind of pieced together, you know, and these connections quite But, um, but yeah, can you, can you still hear me? Yeah, I can now. Sorry, yeah. you went, I lost That's you for a second. What, but yeah, you're right. I love how the universe kind of just brings, like I said, surrender is a big word for me. And if I, mm. if I keep staying mindful of that, the universe fills in the, seems to yeah. fill in the pieces for me. Yeah, That's a, no, that exactly. But, you know, I, I stay in touch and um, hope you have a great day and, you know, all the best when you do. Thank you so much. You too. No, you're welcome. You take care. Cheers, guys. Hi, and thanks for listening to the Parsis podcast. If you yourself has a story that you'd like to share to be on the podcast, please let me know at thepodcast at gmail.com. Or if you know somebody that has a story that they would like to share or their experience from life, please tell them to get in touch with me at thepodcast at gmail.com. Um, so yeah, see you soon. Take care. Hi, I'd just like to say a massive thank you for listening to the podcast. You can also check out the podcast on YouTube at The Power City Podcast. You can also check out my Instagram at City 94 where I put lots of podcast clips and snippets and a lot more content as well. I really appreciate you supporting me in my podcast and supporting me in my content. It really, really means a lot. Any feedback, any questions, any queries, you can email me at thepolicypodcast at gmail.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and connecting. Take care. Hi, and thank you for tuning into the Positive Podcast. I would just like to announce that I have just recently created a Facebook group for listeners and for people who would like to network with other podcasters and to network with other people who listen to the podcast as well. The link can be found in the bio of my profile as well as the bio of my episodes and the Facebook group um, is called The Positivity People. All you have to do is send a re- invite request and I'll accept it for you to join. I hope to see you there. Have a great day. Take care.